In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success and who to find it? That's the big question. Is it measurable? Can you obtain it? Can you dream it? Can you hold it? I'm on a quest to redefine how we view success, and I'd like to bring you on this journey. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It's the real stories behind success. My name is Tony Grubmeyer, and I'm excited for you and today's guest. This is episode number 41. He's married. He's got nine kids. He served in the army for nine and a half years, did deployments to Bosnia, Kosovo, Iraq. Food industry guy, comes from a background in construction. He's involved in his local church as an elder, a missions trip director, children's ministry pastor. He leads several teams throughout the years to different nations to serve the people in underdeveloped nations. Now, one of the things that I found really interesting as we were getting ready to get on the show today, nine kids in under 12 years, we're going to unpack that and so much more. Please welcome to the show, Casey Stubbs. Hi, Tony. Thanks for having me. Really excited. I love it. All right, Casey, question everybody gets asked right when they come on the show. What is your definition of success? I think that my definition of success is spending time doing that which you love the most. All right. We're going to talk about nine kids because in there is some context. You served nine and a half years in the army, which thank you very much for your service. Appreciate you helping to protect us. Love the fact that you're involved in the church and ministry as a pastor. There's a lot. So why don't we talk a little bit about where you grew up? Where'd you grow up? I'm from Portland, Oregon and have since moved to Pennsylvania. I moved out to Pennsylvania in 2000 after I got out of the military. And I love the East and Pennsylvania, and I love the West in Oregon. It's beautiful. Yeah, you're like a completely opposite ends, right? (laughs) Yeah. Talk to me growing up, brothers, sisters. Tell me a little bit about your family. I have two brothers and one sister. I'm the oldest in the family, and I'm also the oldest grandchild in my family. That is cool. Tell me something of a fun fact about your grandparents that you remember. Well, my grandparents always took time to spend time with me and the other grandkids, and they intentionally developed a relationship with us, and that really carried on with me throughout my life about making relationships important. That is really cool. I really, I can feel that too. I can feel when the intention is set about making that as a, yeah, it's cool to have grandkids, I could imagine, but really, like really getting involved in your grandkids' lives, that's something else, right? Tell me something of a fun fact about your parents that like you looked up to that was inspiring to you and really has helped you kind of as you've become a parent yourself. So my parents were great. I honestly have, I think I'm pretty much the most blessed guy ever to have such great parents. So here's the things that I take away the most. Number one is my dad, super hard worker, always showed up, always did what he had to do, always did a great job. I never remember a time with my dad not being consistent with work. And so that carried over to me. I'm a hard worker. With my mom, my mom is very caring and is really, she always cared about what the kids were doing, was always taking care of them, connecting with them, seeing to their needs. And so I feel like I'm really caring like the best of both worlds there. I've been able to take both of those and apply them to my life. Wow. Good job, mom. Good job, dad. You're raising them right. I love my conversations because I hope that you're listening to this today and be grateful for all the cool stuff that your kid gets to do. I met you, Casey, coming back from an event in Los Angeles. We went to a mastermind war room. 
we happened to just sit together on a plane and what I believe started was a beautiful friendship. We talked about podcasting. We talked about your podcast specifically, not mine. Mine was not anything as cool as yours. So we started talking about your podcast. We started talking about just why you're doing it, what you're up to. And then I remember turning to you and said, how would you like to be a guest on my show? And you're like, um, okay. And that's what I love most is that you were like, okay, I'm willing to do whatever. And from there, we've had some conversations. I've introduced you to people that I know. Happens that you went to an event with my dear friend, Vinny Fisher, and you sat in that event. And you said something to me that was really magical during our conversation. You're like, I went to this event and you X'd your kind of like potential and your revenue from that event. You already had like made money from it. And that's what I love to hear. People helping people get connected to things and then watching people grow. And right before this conversation today, you said something. I want you to repeat it for everybody right now to listen. That you love to do what? When you're talking about money, people, lists, and et cetera. Well, I remember specifically saying that I love to get things done and to use my energy to make things happen, to push new initiatives forward and to create things. That was specifically what I had just said. And I just got a comment on meeting you and all of the things that's happening. Just meeting you on that airplane was a great connection for me, for the relationship. And it's had a lot of benefit because you've connected to me, a lot of people you taught me everything you knew about podcasting right then and there, and you didn't even know me. And that was so cool because I didn't really know anything about podcasting. And now I've been able to take that and apply it. And the podcasting has been amazing for me so far. And we were talking specifically about how you had this opportunity, or at least you were getting ready to want to interview somebody as a local official, somebody in your community. Well, one of my first really big interviews was a politician who was running for office. I was went to one of his events and I just asked him if he'd be on the show and he was happy to get the exposure. So I was able to get a celebrated local, it's local, so not really well known, but local politician on the show, which I was pretty excited about. One of our mutual friends, Vernon Foster, always says, you know, you should go into Facebook, see how popular he is and see if you can build a lookalike audience around him. And then you can retarget that and actually gain some extra exposure from featuring a local guy who's running for a pretty substantial office position. So he's obviously probably spent some money online as well. So there's probably some followers that you could tap into to get your show more exposure. Yeah. And that actually did happen. I did some Facebook marketing and I did it on Twitter as well and made some local connections. So it actually helped my show quite a bit. All right. So, so far in the show, we've talked about just how awesome you are, a little bit of your upbringing, your respect for your grandparents, respect for your parents, your brothers, your sister, you know, like the things that we need to know about you, right? So what I want to know is, Tell me a little bit about how you were in high school. What kind of student were you? Were you a shy, timid person? Were you an extrovert and outgoing? Tell me a little bit about how you were in high school. Okay. Now, in high school, I didn't really have a lot of friends. So I guess you'd say that I was a shy person, but I did like to look out for people and help them out if I saw them in need. You know, I would stand up for people that would get picked on. I didn't have a problem with a little bit of confrontation. So with students and also with teachers... I also, I kind of like to cause some trouble in the classroom with teachers, and I did not like to stick to the script. And I know that you probably, you interview entrepreneurs, so that might be a theme, but like, I did not like school. Like, I was like this close to quitting. The only reason I stayed on was because I played basketball. 
I made a deal with my mom. I said, if I don't make the team, I'm done. This is just total waste of time. So I tried out for the team and I ended up making the team. So that's what kept me in school for four years. Interesting. You know, when we were getting ready to jump on today, you know, I was looking a little bit of like insight on you. You're not a mysterious guy. You're just a great guy. And I love that. And you're very humble. You've done a lot in your life. You've impacted a lot of people's lives for the past nine years. You've run a business in the financial media and marketing sector. And you said like, this is the year, like this is your best year so far. You're on pace to have your best year. And what I want to do is we climb up success mountain. I really want to stretch you. You're always giving. And that's what I love. You said it even from your high school days, a helper. Now you're an elder in a church. You're helping your kids to have a great foundation with your partner. You've been married over 12 years. Your wife sounds like an amazing person because I think all around you are amazing people who really want to help you. I want to talk a little bit about kind of why you do what you do and how you became so passionate about this business that you're in today and why out of everything you could do in life, this was the thing that you chose to go on, this path, right? So we're going to take a step up Success Mountain with kind of intention today. And tell me a little bit about why you got into this business and what is it that you love most about it? The entry into the business was actually circumstantial. It was not really like, okay, I'm going to go change the world or (laughs) I'm going to go make a lot of money. I've always been active. So I've always run side businesses and tried to make things happen even while working. And just, I've always done that. However, I was in construction and in 2008, there was a strong layoff in the construction industry because there was not a lot of work happening. It was a downturn. And so they weren't building anymore. And so I was laid off. And then I thought, okay, well, I can't really get a construction job. I looked around for work, couldn't really find anything. So I thought, maybe I'll just try this web thing out and see what happens. I love this web thing. (laughs) This new thing called the internet. See what happens with that. So out of that comes an idea, an opportunity. So how did you kind of really roll into you? So the downturn, the economy, what really pushed you to kind of follow the path? So I have a little bit of experience with websites. I built my first website in high school with my brother. My brother was a programmer for video games. We both had the dream that has died a long time ago of being (laughs) video game expert programmers. So he would program the games, do the techie in tech stuff, and I'd do the marketing. So I built the website and I would do the marketing for it. And so I carried that over to start another website. And I decided to try it out in the financial industry because I've been interested in finance, been interested in stocks. I've been trading stocks and buying stocks ever since I was 17. And since you like stories, it's a great story on how I got into it. My dad is a stock guy. He's an investor. And me being the tech nerd that I was, he wanted to get online because this was like 1992 and they just started doing stocks online at that time, but he couldn't figure it out. So I showed him how to get the computer working, how to trade the stocks, how to get into his platform. And then I'm like, hmm, the stock trading thing's pretty cool. And so that generated my passion for the stock thing. And then I just merged the two together, my computer passion and my stock passion to create the online financial marketing company. Wow. 92. What was the internet like back in 92, 93? Well, it was dial up, but for the stock thing, I don't even remember what the company was, but they had like a cable that they could run in and it was like a box and all it would do was show charts. That's it. And you could just see your charts. I don't even think you could actually trade online at the time, but you could actually see the charts and then you could call in if you wanted to buy a stock. 
What was the sound that your modem used to make? Can you give me an idea of what that sound, <laughs> that sound well, was? Well, that <laughs> like a lot of people listening to this probably never experienced that because they were raised on actual internet connection. Do you remember the speed, the original speed that you had a chance to connect at? Boy, it was like 96 BPS or something like that, 9600, and that was supposed to be fast. It was, it was crazy. What's your brother's name? Who helped you? My brother's name is Andy, and now he's still in Portland, Oregon, and he's a computer programmer. He works for Intel. Very nice. I love it. I think that, you know, the thing, Casey, that's so fascinating is that there's a lot of similarities that I've already been able to figure out sitting next to you on a plane that I just gravitate towards your energy. I think it's infectious. It's just like you just have this thing, right? And even helping your dad goes back to what you were like in high school. Shy kid a little bit, maybe. But I really think that that's just kind of something that has helped to develop you as a person, right? You're this care to help. And that's the theme that's being weaved as we're kind of climbing up Success Mountain. Have you ever had a situation where you were trying to help somebody and they didn't want your help? But then later they came back to you and said, oh, I wish I would have listened to you. You were so right. Have you ever had any of those situations? Uh, you know, I don't get a whole lot of a, I told you so moments. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would try to be humble if that had happened, but I can't really think of anything. I know that it's a hard thing to come back later if you're wrong and to ask somebody else for help, but I can't really think of any time when somebody's come back like that. Well, let's take it to a pastoral moment where you're being a pastor, right? You get to sit with people and, and you say, and you help them make difficult decisions and make them easier. What are some lessons that you've learned from being a pastor that's helped you in your business? So one of the lessons about when you're trying to help people is you don't make straight comments about what people should do because people can't really take that in very well. Like, oh, you should do this. You should do that. It's probably not even the right thing to say to someone. The best thing that you can do, and I think you know this because I've picked it up and talking to you, is you just ask them questions, right? And you ask people questions and you get them to think about whatever the circumstance is. And as they answer those questions, they are then able to process it and it helps them to make good decisions. You can't really tell people what to do, but you can make them think about and be aware of what their situation is. That's really good advice. So if you're listening right now and you've ever talked to me and I'm not asking you questions, remind me that Casey says, Tony, you should ask better questions. Well, I think you ask great questions and I know you're always asking me a lot of questions, which cause me to think, which I really like because sometimes I'm not really thinking, I'm just doing all the time. Oh, wow. That brings up that whole concept of, you know, Monday morning entrepreneur, you know, straps into the roller coaster and usually gets off sometime around Friday or Saturday. You talk about, you know, being a pastor. So I know that you're around church and doing stuff like that. When you get off the roller coaster and you're not working like this path that you're on right now, and you're not hanging with your wife and you're not hanging with your kids, what do you love to do for yourself? Like, what are some things that you just really enjoy? <laughs> wow, Tony. I just don't know if that is something that I do a whole lot. So I'm going really hardcore in the business, spending a lot of time in it. And then when I'm done, that's family time. So I spend time with the kids. My time that I do get for myself is in the mornings before work. And what I do there is I'm reading. I like to read. I like to pray, get my presence with God. That's how I like to start my day out. But I don't get a lot of free time. Sure. So nine kids. I've been thinking about this since the beginning, kind of read. I don't interview a lot of people with nine kids. And I think it has an interesting backstory that I'd love to bring to the forefront because I think it really begins to paint a really 
nice pitcher, right? I can talk all about how you're a helper and all this good stuff. But when I get really down to it, there's got to be an incredible person on the other end because you just described what I like to call a workaholic. You described a guy who or gal who comes in early in the morning and works really, really hard. And then when you're done, you're done. So let's talk a little bit about your wife. How long have you guys been married? We've been married for 12 years. And where'd you guys meet? We met in Washington, Pennsylvania. I was a cook and I was friends with her brother. Oh, very cool. Was he involved in the restaurant business as well, the brother? Yeah, we were both cooks. Okay, cool. So you cooked up something because now you guys have been married for 12 years. But also just listen to your dynamic backstory a little bit. Like if I replay this a little bit, food industry construction, pastor, army, football player, traveled from, you know, Oregon to Pennsylvania. Like you've got all of these things. How long did you date your wife before you guys got married? Okay. So if you want a really good story, this is, this is it. Bring it. I mean, I've, I've got a lot of good, I got a lot of good ones, but this one's really funny. So my wife and I, we were acquaintances and we'd hang out together just in a group setting. And she really didn't like me at all. Um, <laughs> and she would like to make fun of me. And my wife is from a totally different background than me. I've got a loving, supportive background. My wife is really hardcore, a little rough. And so she's a little rough around the edges. So she would uh, mock me a lot. She even made comments saying she thought I was gay because I was a little soft. <laughs> and so we didn't really know each other too well, just in passing. And she didn't like me. But during that time, I was in the Army Reserve and I got shipped off to go to Iraq. And I didn't really tell anybody what was going on. I just said, hey, I'm going. And then I didn't really communicate. But about seven months through the deployment, she just was wondering what had happened to me. And so she was asking the people in our circles, her brother and some of our other friends about what had happened to me, if anyone had heard from me. And of course, I didn't communicate with anyone. So she actually tried to research and find out what was happening to me while I was in Iraq. And it happened to be that her other brother was in the army. And so she contacted him and she was able to find my email address. And she sent me an email while I was in Iraq. So, so. <laughs> person who thinks, right? You feel like she thinks maybe one thing about you and then she actually really cares about you. And then did you start like a long distance kind of going back and forth, kind of like a pen pal relationship? Yeah. So there's another piece of the story that's, that has to be told here. On my way to Iraq was a really tough time in my life because I was getting deployed to Iraq, which I was okay with. I'd been in the army a long time. It wasn't a big deal. I was kind of happy. I love serving, but I had a lot of personal circumstances that were really going south quick. So I got sent to Iraq and all this stuff in my life started to happen. I was in a really bad relationship and I was involved with a married woman mm. and she had came to me and told me that she was pregnant. And then she said that she was going to have an abortion because she didn't want her husband to find out. And like, that was like really devastating to me. And then I ended up making some really bad choices and ended up losing all my stuff. Like all my possessions ended up getting lost because she took them. And so I was like, I was pulled out of my situation. So I'd lost all the control. I'm a guy that likes control. So I had no control. All of this stuff was happening. It was really bad. And so during that point, that is when I really decided to turn my life over to God. One of my friends in the military, he gave me a book and I didn't realize that it was a Christian book. It was called Purpose Driven Life by mm. Rick Warren. 
And I read the book, and in the second chapter, it talked about being created in your mother's womb before you were born and that God had a plan for you. And so when I read that, I just totally broke down, and I still get worked up when I think about it today. And I just prayed. I said, Lord, I need help. I need forgiveness. You got to help me out. And so at that point, I really felt the presence of God come upon me, and I just felt like, wow, like the Lord just opened up my eyes. I felt God's presence, and it was like, okay, he said, I got this. I'm going to be with you. You're still going to be going through all these bad circumstances, but I'm going to walk through with you. And so from that point, things really started to change in my life. And then that's when my wife connected with me again, like six months after I started this relationship with God. And she started asking me about being afraid of dying. And I was talking to her about the Lord, how I didn't really feel like I was afraid anymore because, you know, there was nothing to be afraid about because I had eternity secure. So we just started this email conversation. And what had happened was I was really praying. So we still hadn't really become friends because remember, she didn't like me. (laughs) And so we just, she started to start reading her Bible and started praying too, because she didn't know why she contacted me. She just felt like she was led to do it. She was just wondering why was she contacting me out of the blue when no one was talking to me. So then I just started praying about my life. I'm getting ready to go leave Iraq, get back into the States. I want God to lead my path. And I just felt like God said, you got to marry this girl. I felt like that's what God told me to do. Wow. And so I wrote a letter without, we were, we didn't date. We didn't do anything. She didn't even say that she liked me. We were just communicating via email and letters. And I just proposed to her right in the, in a letter. <laughs> I'm trying to get this together, right? So there's match.com. <laughs> There's J-Day for Jewish people. There's all these ways you could actually, you know, court somebody. And here's bold, quiet, shy helper Casey over here. And just is led now and compelled to reach out and just propose. And I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, another reason why I love you. (laughs) And that's what is kind of what God teaches us to do is be bold too. And I love that, man. And so much purpose and joy. Great book to Purpose Driven Life. I remember reading that at a low point in my life too and the impact that it had on me. So thank you for sharing that story. It, it means a lot that you say what you say and you did what you did and you've learned so many valuable lessons from it, right? Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, so it was a great story. It's, it's still going on. <laughs> so talk about your kids. Let's talk about, you have nine of them. So I tried to do the math, nine kids in 12 years. That's a lot. But as you were talking a little bit before, that's not exactly what happened. So let's talk about nine kids exactly. Break that down for me a little bit. You don't have to say their names. You just break it down. Okay. So my wife had twins before we were married. They were five years old. It was not a good relationship with the father. So I went ahead and adopted them as soon as we got married. That was the very first thing that I did was I adopted them, went through the legal system. Then we just, we got married probably five months after I got back from Iraq because I'd proposed via mail. And then we just started the engagement process right from there. As soon as we were married, we had our first child. So we were married in September. The first one came in July. And then we were just really had a lot of children pretty quick, one and a half years after that. So we had five together. And then the last two, I had got two that I adopted and then I had another one, (laughs) but it was through another set of really interesting circumstances that I adopted. It was one of our neighbors. My wife was babysitting a little girl and the neighbor, the little girl was being watched by her sister because the mother was a drug addict and 
was not was in and out of jail and wasn't taking care of her child. And so her sister was watching this little girl and my wife was helping out a lot. And then at one point, the sister said, well, I can't watch my sister's kid anymore. So I'm going to give her up to the state. So my wife, being a great woman that she is, just said, hey, we got to adopt this little girl. So my wife showed up to the hearing when the sister was turning her over to the state. My wife showed up to the hearing. My wife was like relentless. It's crazy. I mean, she was at every hearing. She did everything. But she went to the hearing and then we adopted her. So again, if circumstances work out the way that they do, the state called up like right after we got the sister, she was two. And she said, hey, that mother's pregnant again. She cannot take the baby. She doesn't want the baby. The child is addicted to drugs. Do you want to have her sister. So she was born in the hospital addicted to drugs. And then we got her sister too. So we got the two girls adopted them that way. And then just surprise, surprise, my wife ended up getting pregnant at the same time as well. And so then that's how we got the nine. God always provides. He sometimes, we can't see his path, but he's got something for us. And that's, he definitely got a good surprise for me today. I was walking with God this morning and just asking to be of service. And sometimes being a service, I got to remember to be teachable. So thanks for uh, teaching me a lesson of, you know, life can get tough, but don't quit, don't give up and just keep pursuing because he's pursuing you. And certainly says, and sounds like he's working miracles left and right in your family. He's not done. That's the thing, right? Like, He's constantly proving that. I got goosebumps left and right. So anybody who's listening, understand like you should probably have goosebumps too, listening to Casey's story and just knowing, wow, like you got to have a heart and you got to have a pulse and you got to be passionate because nine kids, 12 years. Wow. That's a lot. So your wife sounds, and you even said she's an incredible woman. She's got to help do some amazing things. So when you're done with your day job, Tell me about your next job because it sounds like it's a full time and I want to know when you find time to sleep too. Well, I usually go home and we hang out. We do fun stuff. I help the kids with whatever it is they're working on. And like right now, summertime. So we do a lot of swimming. We love to swim. I swim all the time with my kids and it's just a fun time hanging out at the pool. We just do that a lot and just hang out with the family. We don't really have any specific things that we do. We just have fun with each other. And I'm getting ready to leave in about a week and a half on my month-long vacation. I take a cross-country vacation from Pittsburgh to Oregon to visit my family. My grandparents, who are a great example, my parents are all there. My grandparents are 87. I really respect them. Remember I told you in the beginning about them being intentional Mm -hmm. with developing a relationship with me? And so I'm intentional to make sure that my kids can visit with them and my family. So since the day we've been married, I've taken that trip every year cross country because I'm intentional with that relationship. Yeah. And talk to me about intentional about your business too. Talk to me about the intention that you set for every person that you work with, everything that you do. Talk to me a little bit about that. Okay. So one of my definitions of success is doing that what you like to do, but I also want to see other people do what they want to do. And be fulfilled, right? Like that's my deal. I want to see people be fulfilled. So if I'm working with someone, whether it be a business partner or a friend like you or someone who's an employee for me, I just want to make them succeed. If they're successful, I'm going to be successful. So I like to pour into people and I like to train. So I train people. I teach them everything I know. I don't hold anything back. And if they go and be successful, whether it's with me or without me, good, because then I'm accomplishing my mission. I love that. All right. Talk about your services. Talk about your business. 
Okay, so I've got a lot of things going on. Is, if that might be a theme that you can see I don't about know. me. Nine kids, twelve years, <laughs> a lot of things going. Man, nah, doesn't sound like it. My problem is I have a hard time saying no. I love saying yes, <laughs> and that can be a good thing and a bad thing, right? You can get burnt out. So I've got four businesses all in the financial space. I have a trading business where I create educational content and software and I sell the education and content. I have another business where it's media, financial media. I buy and sell traffic. It's strictly media of all kinds. Then I have a financial news site where I am publishing a lot of financial news and I make money with uh, advertisements and sponsored posts. And I also have a podcast on the financial news site, which is called the Cashflow Hacking Podcast. And the theme of it is the tips, tricks, and strategies to help individuals increase their cash flow. Right. So when I asked you a question earlier, what do you like to do for fun? Like... (laughs) It thinks like everything that you do is fun. It just sounds like you have a good time. You got a great smile. You're a big helper. Your give back is huge. And you, you know, love to go on vacation. And, you know, you said the whole thing about kind of how you were raised is how you're helping to raise your kids. What's on the horizon past those four things? What are some things that you're, they're always listening, always knowing brain is always thinking about, like, what are some things that you're working on? It's funny because a lot of stuff is popping up right now. Opportunities are like everywhere. So a couple businesses just seem to be happening. So what we're going to do, Casey, Okay, we're going to hold this. We're going to take a quick break on the Be Fulfilled show. And what we're going to do is we're going to come back and unpack a little bit of what Casey's up to. I'm like at the top of the mountain, like push me down the hill. I'm ready to roll. So we're going to be right back. We're talking to a giver, a helper, somebody who has a hard time saying no, loves saying yes, nine kids to prove it. The whole opportunity about how he was bold and passionate and about just proposing when he was deployed, serving our country to a girl who didn't really like him, but they were able to get into the word and scripture and actually build just this amazing foundation and God-centered relationship. And then from there, been able to serve and help people and constantly as a giver. He's talking about his four business already. We're going to come back and talk about where he has a hard time saying no, and he keeps saying yes. And we're going to be right back with today's guest on Be Fulfilled, Casey Stubbs. Are you suffering from marketing dysfunction? Are you not able to perform online as well as you could when you were younger? Unable to keep up with the intimate demands of buying product, running offers, and shipping items to your customers? Say hello to Ship Offers, clinically proven to enhance the growth and longevity of your business. Get some today at shipoffers.com. He said at break, like, I intentionally stopped him. No, 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 no. The whole thing about a cliffhanger is trying to find the right time, right? And the whole time I've been listening, there have been, I don't know, maybe five or six different points where I wanted to stop. But I'm like, no, I want to keep going. Like, are we there yet? So we are talking today with Casey Stubbs. We're talking about kind of that pursuit of happiness. And in there is the joy of helping others. And I can already tell you, you're a happy guy. You love life. You love God. You love your wife. You love your kids. You love your grandparents. You love what you get to do. You love your clients. You love sitting behind the mic and asking good questions, being interviewed. You just lit on fire. And I know that every time you get the opportunity, you're cannonballing into the water 
to just make another big splash because that's what's happening in your life is all the good that you're giving, it's coming back to you. And so we were talking right before the break, what are you up to? What new opportunities are on the horizon? And you're like, well, there's a lot. There's a lot of opportunities. <laughs> like, yeah, they're endless, bro. Like you keep doing what you're doing. And it's so interesting how God keeps pursuing you more and more and more to keep opening your eyes to see what's going on around you. So let's talk about what's on the horizon. Okay. So I actually, you've given me a little bit more time to think about this. So I don't think I really want to talk about the business stuff because there's a ton of business things, but I want to talk about just some things that are really interesting to me. <laughs> so the first thing is, is my work that I'm doing with missions. It's really fun and it's great. And you want to talk about getting your world rocked. I believe that you got to live with your heart. And I think you figured that out a little bit, but to get your world really rocked, you got to go on a foreign mission trip and serve people from another country. And so I just want to share a little story. I was working up in the mountains of Guatemala, where there's no civilization, no people, their villages, they don't have electricity, their homes have no concrete floor, it's just dirt, mm -hmm. right? And so we were helping them, we were building a church there. And, you know, one of the families invited a couple of us into their home, and they were serving us, and they were just giving us their very best. And it really wrecks you when we're so wealthy here, right? And I'm not bashing that. That's a good thing because we can help and, you know, it's not a problem. But when we're so wealthy and these people that have nothing give you their very best and just to receive that from them, you, I really felt like I was unworthy to receive it, but it just, it really touches you in a powerful way to experience that. And so since then, I've been pretty much on fire for going out and speaking the Word of God all over the world and trying to help these other countries as much as I possibly can. And so my thing moving forward is I just want to continue to expand that, help other churches get involved in it, help individuals go on trips and experience that same life-changing thing for themselves. They Man, change others' it. lives. It's a common theme. So the last week I was talking to somebody who wants to live on the smallest percent possible and give away everything else. He wants to do that and give away $100 million, at least in his lifetime, right? And so I'm, now I'm talking to you and your missions and everything you're about. I'm so glad that we're able to kind of talk to people who are up to being a change agent in the world. We need more change agents. I use the quote from Gandhi all the time, you know, be the change you wish to see in this world. You know, if you want things to change, you got to change. And for things to get better, you got to get better. And it sounds like through some of your dark times, there was a light at the end of the tunnel and you saw it as a pastor and as somebody who constantly is probably around people and situations not always positive. What is some good, simple, practical advice that you could help somebody today when they are faced with some uncertainty in their life? Well, it's always tough when you're going through a difficult situation. You can't see the end of the tunnel. Like you said, you can't see the light. And I think that's probably where people get stuck is because they don't see the positive or they don't right. see what could possibly come of it. But my experience has been my toughest times has ended up the springboards for my best times. And the only advice I can say is really seek God and then trust him and look at him and he'll get you through the tough times. And that gives you hope and you can just keep moving forward. And if you keep moving forward and you, you stay rejoicing and happy in your down times, you can get through it. And that's a crazy thing to say, but it works. No. Do you think that you found your message in your mess? It's been really good for me. <laughs> right? I don't like, know if I have my message, but it's through. been good for me. 
Like everything you've gone through, a message was formed, right? When you were in your mess, a message appeared, right? What do you think if today we were to write kind of your origin story about your life, what do you think it would sound like? Like in the condensed version. Uh, origin, does that mean like the beginning? Like from yeah, the beginning? Like, like kind of like who you are, what you are, all about you. Like I'm writing a book and I want to include my Casey Stubbs Cliff Notes version. What do you think it would sound like? Well, you know, you said that I'm a great person and I'm doing all this wonderful things and humble and blah, blah, blah. But I will just say that really I have received a lot more than what I've given. And the reason I am who I am today is because of the opportunities I had and the people that poured into me. And so I'm just a result. I'm fruit from other people's lives, really. That is a very powerful statement. I'm a result. A lot of people throughout your life loving on you, sometimes when it was difficult for you to love on yourself. And so I think you became a boomerang for people, right? You put it out and you got it back. You put good out in the world and you got good back. And there's times when we put out negative and we get the hit in the back of the head with the boomerang and go, what the heck just happened? So your focus and your thoughts and everything began from what it sounds like today being a change agent, meaning you were changed and something magical happened. And I don't use magical in a woo-woo sense. I use it in a sense of like, you put a lot of effort and a lot of work into being changed and allowing change to take place in your life. And then from that point, your world changed. Casey, I want to tell you and congratulate you for coming back down Success Mountain. I'm like, we could talk all day about your business, but you're a fascinating human being. It's like one of those things that you turn on the evening news. And today we're going to be talking to Casey Stubbs in Pennsylvania. Like, it's like one of these segments for me in my life where I was like, wow, I don't want it to be over. So I'm going to tell you it's not over. We're now going to enter into the fulfillment round where I'm going to ask you a bunch of random questions. I have no right or wrong. There's no phoning grandma or grandpa. There's no asking your wife via text message to give you the answer. There's no talking to one of your nine kids hoping that they'll give you wisdom in this moment. It's just you, me, and whoever's listening. Are you ready to go on the fulfillment journey? I am ready. All right. You got five ingredients, not five foods, five ingredients that you can survive for the rest of your life on. What would they be? Okay. I have to clarify. So it's not food, it's ingredient, but it's a food ingredient? Or- sure. <laughs> Maybe it's water. Maybe it's whatever. You just give me five things that you could survive on for the rest of your life. Water. You absolutely have to have water. Bread, meat, vegetables, and God's word. <laughs> <laughs> Something that will never run out. Sci-fi. Are you a sci-fi guy or are you a comedy person? I am not into comedy. I have been accused of having zero sense of humor. So I like sci-fi. I don't think that's true. (laughs) We're going to disprove that right now. We're going to break that agreement, right? You're a funny guy. All right. So you like sci-fi at least? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Star Trek or Star Wars? I love them both. So I'm going to say Star Trek. Favorite character? Kirk. And why do you relate to Kirk? Because Kirk's a hardcore dude. He just gets things done and he makes hard decisions and he jumps in. What's the hardest decision you ever made in your life? I would say the hardest decision I made was writing that letter to marry my wife. That was a tough thing to fit that in the mail. <laughs> uh, looking back, you know, we talked about your grandparents and your parents. What are some of the greatest lessons you've learned from your children? I love children. And I mean, obviously I have nine kids, but children are an amazing teacher. 
they show us so much because really it's funny that we're just children. That's all we are. We're more mature and grown up, but when it all comes down to it, we're just like kids on the inside. And so I think what I've learned is so much about myself that I was not willing to face, but kids, they're truthful. They show you the reality. They don't, they're open with you. They don't hide things. And it's really beautiful. So you're a podcaster. So I want to talk a little bit about you being a podcast host. Is it easy for you to hit the record button or do you always kind of prepare kind of like so much information or do you just wing it and have fun with it? Tell me a little bit about how you get ready for a podcast. I like to get a nice profile from my guests so I know a little bit about who they are. I want to know who they are as a person. And I'm not a huge, I don't get worked up over the preparation. I don't do a ton of prep. I just try to get a couple good questions and then go with it in a natural conversation because there's so many trails to go on when somebody's talking with you. They'll say something and I immediately have like four questions because I want to know more things about them. So I could like, I have to narrow it down in my head because there's usually four great questions I can ask just from one thing they said. All right. Give me those four great questions. Well, you know, I love podcasting. All right. And I just started, but I already love it because let me tell you what's happened to me. I thought, oh, this will be great for marketing. I'm going to get traffic. Well, you know, that's happened a little bit, but you know what's really happened is I've met incredible people and I've learned super cool stuff. I always break it down. I say, look, I'm a beginner. Talk to me like I'm a beginner. Tell me how to get this done from the start. And the stuff that I've learned, like I've learned how to publish a book in 21 days. I've learned how to get really advanced in cryptocurrency. I've learned how to do advanced options trading strategies. I've learned real estate. And these are all stuff because of these great people that I'm having on my show. And I love it. Yeah. I think it's fascinating, Casey. Like I tell people like there's over a half a billion podcasts now, like in just iTunes. I don't know the numbers for other platforms, right? So you got to think about everybody's getting a chance today if they wanted to, to go launch a show. How'd you come up with a name for your show? I did a little brainstorming and I've been attending a lot of marketing events at War Room. Everybody's talking about hacking, hacking, hacking. It's a buzzword. It's really popular. And the big one is growth hacking. And that's strategies to grow your business. And I thought, hmm, cash flow hacking. Is that, is anybody got that name? So I Googled it and I did not see it anywhere on the internet. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a good name. So I just jumped with it. Well, man, Casey, I just want to tell you, before we wrap up, I got one last tough question for you. Okay. One last tough question for you. But it should be pretty easy for you. Thinking about your wife today and the journey you guys have gone on together in the past 12 years. And I want you to, for a moment, just to think that your wife is right in front of you, looking like in your eyes and holding your heart. What would you tell your wife as she's right in front of you about how grateful you are to be on this journey with her? Well, it's funny because I made a promise to my wife before we got married. It was in the letter. I said, one thing I can promise you is that this is not going to be easy. And I have definitely kept that part of the bargain. <laughs> and so I just thank her for allowing me to be the crazy person that I am because I'm so out there. And to just being married to me causes a lot of problems <laughs> because I'm just bringing in so much. I'm, I'm like pushing everything to the limit. You know, nine kids, <laughs> you know, well, multiple you know, businesses. <laughs> you said you're not funny and that's funny. So you got that piece in you. So maybe we're going to have to work on our next conversation about you attending a, a local comedy event and doing a stand-up routine. <laughs> I will totally do it. I would totally do that. And I'd get my wife in the audience because she's the one that says that I'm not funny. But I would thank her for allowing me to go crazy and just, just go nuts. And she's allowed me to do that. 
Well, today's guest is Casey Stubbs. We learned a lot about Casey and on his path and his journey and kind of, he's not done. Like, that's what I love. Like, he's ready to do it all over again. I said, hey, you want to do another podcast? He'd be like, sure. That's the kind of person we interviewed today. Somebody who's just pursuing life and God recklessly, meaning like that's how much God loves us. And he's out there doing that. He wants to help people big heart, taking people on missions, being involved in his church, loving his kids and working with his wife to adopt kids. He's doing a lot today to bring change to the world. And so you can learn more at CaseyStubbs.com. You can learn about him personally. You can find his podcast, what he's up to. It's tons of projects, tons of services out there that you can look at. And we'll have everything in the show notes available for you to click, click around and figure out all you need to know about an incredible human being with a big heart. You know, and I look at it like if I didn't say yes to jumping on that flight that day and just happened to have that seat open and this guy sits next to me, and if I wasn't courageous enough to stick my hand out and say hi, I wouldn't be able to interview such a just a wonderful spirit and a kind, loving soul. So I'm always grateful for where God places me and puts me and know at the end of the day that we're being taken care of. So you don't have to be a believer to know that you just heard something miraculous. You heard a quest and a journey and a story from somebody who literally found a voice by seeking something other than himself. And that is ultimately what I believe is a helper, a definition of a helper. So that's today's guest, Casey Stubbs. My name is Tony Grabmeyer. And until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, make today the best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at trainersanddrivers.com and download my free mini course designed to give you more clarity and freedom in your day. It might just change your life forever.